And uh, we went to the planetarium show. It was the last planetarium show of the of the day. And uh, I think they were just showing. Was that the Sesame Street one? The Sesame Street. Yeah, they oh, were doing the Chinese pig. Yes. 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 And uh, my the kids loved it. Uh, they had such a His good time. Not Chris right. <laughs> uh, but the guy, the guy who was on the microphone, the MC that was on the microphone, he was a bigger guy. It sounded like he had run around the building before he came <laughs> down here because he's like, "Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming to the Children's Museum of Indianapolis." That's just the way he talks. I've been to that show many times. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like. But buddy, do you need like, to see something like a lung exhausted. specialist? Because good lord, like the man couldn't say three words without, and it wasn't even like he was just like regular breathing. It was like I'm like I'm like he really likes Sesame Street. Apparently, give that man some Big Bird is my favorite. Hello, and thanks for joining us on the podcast that discusses all things gaming. Coming to you from the home of Gen Con and the gaming capital of the world, this is The Established Facts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 93 of The Established Facts. That's right. 93. What's wrong with us? Why do we keep doing this? Seven more. I don't know. What, what I think is hilarious is sometimes it's hard for us to schedule, and then we're like, wow, we have so much free time that we can sit around the microphones for hours. <laughs> anyway. Yes, welcome to episode 93. Uh... We are going to be discussing with you the awesomeness of exhibiting and attending conventions and and uh, holding conventions and running conventions. Uh, based it's all things convention. All things convention. It's kind of a convention overview. Most we do a lot of these around this time of year because just, all the conventions are happening in June and July. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Or just period. Or just in general. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, you know, and it's the springtime and things are kicking off with a bang and so we have a lot of why am i being distracted by a teddy bear on the computer screen <laughs> and heavy breathing easily distracted <laughs> and heavy breathing hello everyone and welcome to I think that's some sort of a no <laughs> i'm not even gonna go there no, no, just step away. family show right. family show so, so we were without, talking about exhibitionism <laughs> <about conventions. laughs> Right, no, and we our rating just went away. <laughs> no, no, we were not. Uh, Exhibitioning. So Exhibition. we're going to go around the table and our introductions. That's right. Hey, Rags is starting with the host. <laughs> this is Big Don on the mics in the host seat, and to my left, Prime. <laughs> I'm Avi Tall. Hey guys, this is Derek. Chris P. Bacon. Oh. Oh, A.K.A. Lance. <laughs> this is Josh. And I'm Dr. Deb. And, and I'm from, sorry. From the nation's capital, via satellite. Via satellite. Rygar, a.k.a. Jeremy, and Mr. Teddy Bear today. That's right. That's right. So because right. For those of you watching the, uh, the YouTube video stream. Exactly. In his dapper hat. Yeah, the, um, the teddy bear, for everybody listening, has a uh, Indiana Jones hat over one ear, and it is a giant teddy bear with a bow tie. A bow. Tie. A bow. Yeah, he has a bow tie. He has a bow. Yes, he does. It's not really a bow tie. That's it's more of a bow, just more a bow. Just a bow. It's, it's a bow. <laughs> I'll send him a bow tie, okay? He needs a bow tie. He, needs he a bow does tie. need a bow tie. Because bow ties are cool. Are cool. That's right. So, yes, um, our versus topic for episode 93, talking about conventions, uh, is, and, and this is in the uh, dawn of, and obviously we're recording it a little bit before we know for sure. However, uh, Fear of the Con 8 has been 
fully funded for its funding goal. There's some stretch goals there. Uh, I hope that everyone got an opportunity to help them out. Uh, I know this is supposedly uh, the last one on schedule for now. Uh, things may change. Who knows what happens? There might be a fan con put together, uh, run by other people, giving the the podcasters at uh, Fear the Boot a little bit of uh, stress relief. But um, I told for Josh, now, you are going to go to Missouri if they don't do something. I will bang on Chad's door and I will tell him. Right, we'll just show up a new booters and shooters. <laughs> that's and, right. It's you know we, we do our know. own way. Oh, don't don't shake your head. You know darn well that that's exactly what could happen. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, yeah. everyone would come out up. that weekend and be like, "All right, we're gaming. We're here. We're right. gaming." Oh, sorry, I'm. Mark- wouldn't be like creepy sorry, to I- bang on his door though. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I mark out this weekend every year in June to come down to St. Louis and uh, yeah. the place of games. And play some games. games. How, how empty is your we- basement right now? Because uh, <laughs> that's creepy. <laughs> That's, that's what D does. How empty is your basement right now? <laughs> well, other than the bodies, I mean, there's plenty of room for everybody we need else. An ample supply of bunions and Mountain Dew. <laughs> so, why uh, is it always bunions and Mountain Dew? I don't know. And uh, I hate bunions and beer. Uh, so, uh, we're going to be doing a versus topic on ticket sales versus crowdfunding, and kind of the baseline for your opinion. Uh, I think we should do uh, what is. Uh, what is more successful? No. Um, how about what do you hmm. prefer? Do you prefer, do you prefer to? to uh, okay, that works. Yeah. That works. Do you do you prefer to do you prefer to be able to sponsor a convention? We actually had a convention last year, do a Kickstarter and fund it successfully, and do very well. Indie PopCon, um, and so uh, what? Basically, what they did was, uh, and very similar to what uh, Fear the Con did, is they set a goal. If you you know if like. Normally, you would pay $45 for a ticket if you came. We're going to go ahead and set one of the denominations for sponsorship at what the normal ticket price would be. Then they had some that were a little bit less. They had some that were a lot more. Their rewards were really good. Mm -hmm. Um, So so do you prefer crowdfunding uh, and being able to maybe even pre-buy your ticket in or at least help sponsor... I know that there are a lot of people that can't go to the conventions but still want to sponsor it because of their fandom or their love for the people that run it or what have you versus showing up at the door or maybe even pre-ordering similar to like Gen Con, uh, your your con pass or your con ticket for that. So so uh, let's go around the table. Uh, we will start with uh, Josh Prime and uh, tickets versus crowdfunding. Hmm. I'm just going to say crowdfunding over tickets. Um, Okay, so all the versus topics that I've had to talk about before have been relatively simple, but I'm just going to be from here on out prepared for smiting because I'm like the eternal fence sitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was really hard. That just means we're getting better about picking our versus topics. Yeah, it was really really hard for me not to be a fence sitter, but I figure I might as well have one. Because, I mean, for me, I really think that it just really, really depends on the con, and that's very much so. Good things about it. I can't. Both ways, so. Um, uh, I'm going to say crowdfunding. Tickets. I'm actually going to go with tickets as well. I'm going to go with tickets as well. And Ragar? Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going to get- have to go with uh, crowdfunding. That's going to be interesting because I was kind of with Josh on the, the whole fence side of things. Mm-hmm. Because I appreciate being able to sponsor and help develop you know help get a con up off the ground with mm-hmm. this crowdfunding feature i didn't find out about popcon until it was too late and then fear the con i've been glad to to jump in and crowdfund but on the other hand to be f- completely honest i like knowing the con's going to happen mm-hmm. so i'll yeah, buy the ticket true. yeah so it's when well, i know that tickets are for sale i know the con is <clears> going to happen mm. mm-hmm. that's true but um, as far as the uh, convention um, organizers are concerned, um, you just never know how many people are going to sign up with um, uh, if you have tickets versus crowdfunding, which you know 
ahead of time that yes you're going to make uh, your money back mm-hmm. um, yeah okay so Avital why are you sitting on the fence oh just because there are a lot of uh, like okay obviously Gen Con doesn't need crowdfunding like it's established and there are some cons that can come in to a city, although may not necessarily do that well because the city has just had too many conventions in it that year. <laughs> uh, but they already have a name. Uh, they already have, I mean, people recognize, like, say, the Wizard World Comic Con that happened earlier, whenever that was this year in Indy. <laughs> I didn't go. Earlier this year. February. That's right. We weren't able to make it either. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a name that people know, and they're probably not going to need crowdfunding. I mean, they probably could do it if they wanted to, but people are going to go. Like, they're going to... Mm-hmm. They're a name. They're going to get names of visitors and guests to come in. Um, crowdfunding is good for smaller conventions, obviously, like Fear the Con, um, mm-hmm. which, while it is a super awesome convention, is not super big. Um, or if you really want to get something started up that just hasn't happened before... And you're probably not going to be able to just set that up unless you happen to have just some money, like, sitting around that you have another, no other use for, like a large chunk of money. Yeah, you probably don't have a large chunk of money sitting around, so the crowdfunding is probably even going to be necessary if you want to get something like that started. So. Okay. Don, we didn't hear your answer. Um, I would have to say that I really love the idea of crowdfunding because I think that it really shows your support for what whomever wants to run that convention at that time uh, is trying to do. Or um, we have a couple friends that are on a different podcast uh, called Crit Confirm, and they do several crowdfunding events so that they can exhibit at different conventions. And I really love that idea. Um, you know, that's something that uh, I would love for our podcast to be able to do is is uh, to have. <clears throat> to have those opportunities, uh, excuse me, to crowdfund and uh, have that. Have, I mean, I know we have a ton of support from our listeners, and I love it. But having having that financial support is something that not every podcast really has, and it's really cool to see when those listeners step up and say, "You know what? Not only do we really enjoy listening to this podcast, but we also want to see them at these events because we want other people to enjoy them just as much as we are." And I think that that's what uh, crowdfunding does is it's it's a multifaceted opportunity for people to show their support uh, financially as well as uh, as well as just you know morally just through their support of of uh, what their shows are and things like that. So. Um, I would have to say that uh, ticket sales are really good. I, I would agree with Avital's um, uh, definition uh, for her opinion. Ticket sales are really good for cons that are already established. They're really good for uh, they're really good for attracting attention because then you can have like big launch dates for tickets and you can have uh, you know pre registration for tickets and and things like that. You can give tickets away. Uh, as as part of like a draw for promotions, you can give them away corporately to different businesses to kind of promote their people and their employees to come and check out your thing. But uh, you know, very similar to Indie PopCon last year, they ran a standard uh, time limit Kickstarter and said, "We want to do this. Depending on how much we're able to raise, this is our first goal. Depending on how much we're uh, we're able to raise." This will get bigger. The venue will get bigger. The people, you know, that you guys want to see, will <laughs> will get bigger. Because <laughs> we'll <get> <laughs> um, this is America. Because this is America. We do is America. And it's Indiana, the home of double starch. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, um, so it's really cool to be able to see things like that. Uh, to be to be backed and to be funded and and to be run based on the already established popularity of your fan base, uh, how, how much they really want to see something like this happen. Uh, very similar to you know games and books and movies and things like that that get crowdfunded. You already know these people love this idea so much that they want to put their own money forward just to see it completed. That's not even, you know, like the Veronica Mars thing was a freak of nature at first. And it wasn't even just the fact that they 
were able to raise enough money to put the movie together, but also that they were able to then have marketing to people for being the largest grossing Kickstarter at that time, uh, that's already a big promotional jump for them. And that's not even counting the amount of ticket sales that they have once the movie's done. Uh, and and I just think that that's mm-hmm. a really cool that's a really cool thing with you know indie popcon saying we want to run this convention or uh, fear the con saying we want to run this convention because we know that there is a need uh, for for this to happen but in order for it to happen we don't have eight thousand dollars in our pocket to be able to run this so we need your help and we need your support and if you're willing to do that we are willing to put the work in to actually get it done so right. I was going to say, um, the original reasoning behind why I was saying that I feel like um, I prefer the crowdfunding over ticket sales is because, well, when it comes to me, I don't really manage money well, obviously. And so <laughs> when it comes to like buying tickets at the door, it's a lot easier when I already know, okay, well, I'm already getting in, getting, getting in for free and I can focus my money on... The things that I really want to focus it on, which is you know, maybe going over to vendors and buying products, or you know, yeah, but whatever pre- else I'm going to be doing over the weekend. That's pre-ordering tickets them. will give you that option as well. Yeah, but the problem with mm-hmm. pre-ordering tickets is the fact of in certain situations where your tickets are at will call, and for whatever technical difficulties they're having, you know, it takes you an extra hour, hour and a half to get your tickets because for whatever reason your name isn't showing up on the you know in their system receipt because well, i've heard i've heard horror stories about that with gen con and stuff the um, same thing i mean you run the same but, risk with a crowdfunding of a free you know i've put this much money you get a free ticket they still have to put it in the system and someone could still mm-hmm. fat finger that yeah well i mean i just i mean from like a, but i feel like another another thing though another counterpoint is if you're talking about a convention like um Awesome Con, or you're talking about a convention like even Gen Con. Some there's going to be panels of famous people. You know, people are going to need signatures or whatever, and that kind of needs to be set in stone as to whether or not you're having the convention in order to you know book these certain people that you need to get autographs for, or that you you know want to be there to go and give their autograph. You know that kind of stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> that's true. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't have a lot more to add to that element of it, other than um, I'm really excited about Fear the Con. I think we keep bringing that up, and uh, especially glad that it looks like they've hit their main goal. They got a couple days left, so I'm hoping to release this tomorrow. But mm-hmm. we'll see how time works out. So but today, for you future people, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. That was a great way to handle it for them because the the con itself was ran by a smaller group of individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you mentioned con size being an element here, um, right. but I think a lot of it ends up being who's running it from a business perspective. Gen Con would never need to be crowdsourced because they're huge and they've right. got quite the, <laughs> the backing and a volunteer group. That is, you know, in Indianapolis or nearby that they're always able to take advantage of. The companies that are here are able to take advantage of that. They don't need that element of it. But uh, I know crowdfunding has ha- has served very well for product release. So I completely understand why it spun to be successful for cons and starting up conventions. and Because mm-hmm. it's easy to produce. Because with Kickstarter, you know, you, you have to actually provide some sort of product. Oh, well, the con would provide you with a ticket. Mm-hmm. That's a product, but it's just it's a way for them to do ticket sales by finding out interest mm-hmm. before they go through the big process of you know we're going to book this. I know that's exactly what PopCon was dealing with because j- the convention center is expensive. Yeah. It's ten to twenty five thousand dollars a day, depending on which side you're using and how much of it you're using. It it so. shocks people how expensive conventions are um, because I've been talk. I was talking to the Fear of the Boot guys about this in December, and um, especially Wig Night is a lot more expensive than what people consider because right. there is a lot of food there, 
that they have to plan for a lot of beer and it's it's expensive uh, deb well i'm going to jump onto that in regards to why ticket sales would be useful because your problem with crowdfunding is you don't have a number a target number as to who's actually going to be there so if it is time to prep stuff for example food beverages which fear the con does which is phenomenal but i have this little niggling thing in the back of my head like what happens if 500 people show up because it's free they're not gonna have enough food for that there's not enough tables in there for that you don't know whereas if someone has to have a ticket meaning you know you put you know i bought my ticket here's my ticket i've got my seat then there's a very definitive it wasn't donated to me. It wasn't because 400 other people paid for it. I paid for it. This is my seat. And so there's, a, there's more of a definitive, here's a number um, that we have to hit. Um, I find that I appreciate a con more when I actually have to pay for it. Maybe that's just my personality and how I was raised. But if my hard-earned money went to this thing, I'm going to want to show up. And I'm going to want to actually do stuff and interact and talk to the vendors and talk to people. Whereas if I didn't actually put any money out, it's like, well, whether I show up or not... Eh, I'm not out anything. You so can do whatever. the same thing in that respect with crowdfunding, though. You can, I mean, donating to your Kickstarter and, or not to Kickstarter, but you know, getting on Kickstarter and putting in however much, you know, for you know maybe one of their stretch goals or something, you know. So it, I, mean, uh, you I fundamentally, all all we're working at doing is debating how you're getting money. Are you doing it versus ticket sales or versus crowdfunding? The biggest difference here with crowdfunding is that it becomes a choose how much you want to invest. Choose yeah. what you pay. Yeah. If you think the service is uh, really good, then a lot of people who can afford it might pay, probably will pay more. And so you can create goals. Uh, and This is specifically why I like the idea of crowdfunding, is you can create goals, and then when you achieve certain points, you reduce the barrier of entry for other people so you can get that broader audience and maybe you do things like instead of a, a celebrity uh, autograph being fifty dollars maybe the crowdfunding option can reduce that uh, for everybody and say hey we're going to pay you know some amount of what you expect to gain during this convention if you'd reduce the uh, cost to twenty dollars instead I drop my hat <laughs> just a moment. Lance? Okay, so as far as the, being the purchaser, I prefer the, um, the hard ticket for, for a couple of reasons. One, I've already got it in my pocket. So if, if something happens, as long as I have my physical ticket, I can get into whatever event it is. Number two, if I can't go, I can always give that ticket to someone who can. And if you're crowdfunding and your ticket is just your name on a logbook somewhere, I can't give you my name. I can give you my ticket. So there's that. What about having an option to have a printable ticket? There is that. But now we're talking about having the the event do that for you. I'm talking it's just the purchaser. So uh, I mean, have a digital ticket that you can send out to people and it says, hey, this ticket is good for one attendee. Okay, but then how many of those and then you print? Can... As in, like, even if you print it multiple times, it'll only, it'll only scan once. Yeah, like, yeah like, uh, like it would have a bar. Ticketmaster like does that all the time. I was gonna say, know, yeah, so. they. I mean, uh, if you if the you, airport, yeah, the yeah. airport, yeah. If you do like pre-check in and Pay stuff like that, tickets. yeah. Okay. Now, as an event, I would do both. I would sell physical tickets and take pre-orders for that. Yep. And then I would have a crowdfunding thing saying we're going to well, raise this money. If you want to do more, pay into it. <clears throat> That's exactly what yeah. Indie Popcon did. Indie Popcon said. We want to run this convention because there's not a pop culture convention, not a big pop culture convention in Indianapolis. We really want to do this. We really would like to do it at the convention center, but if it doesn't happen at the convention center, we can find someplace else until we can get there. This is our goal. And then they met that goal. They exceeded that goal significantly, which was awesome. And then they said, okay, for those of you who weren't able to get in on the Kickstarter, we're still selling passes because one of the, I believe it was their $45 or their $55 um, mark for sponsorship was a pass to attend the convention. So then they turned around and said, okay, for those of you who weren't able to get into the Kickstarter but still would like to attend, we are also doing ticket sales 
so then you can purchase that ticket at the door. Yeah. So they already had the guaranteed space. Or online. Yeah, yeah. They already had the guaranteed space based on what they had raised at Kickstarter or uh, with their Kickstarter. And then they turned around and they said, we know that based on the people who sponsored, this is how many passes we have. We can have this many people. We need to sell passes so that they can fill that number in. I think another big uh, another big difference between doing ticket sales versus doing crowdfunding that we, uh, at least I have not heard us cover yet, uh, is um, the, the fact is, or the fact that a lot of crowdfundings determine whether the event actually happens or not. Because, for example, Fear the Con 8. The goal was, we need to raise $8,000 to run this two-day convention. If we do not raise $8,000 to run this two-day convention, Fear the Con 7 was the last Fear the Con we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was no... Well, if you can make, you know, if you can purchase a pass later on, that'll fill in the gap. No, it was all or nothing. Now, the great thing about that is, now that it's all in, it's going to happen. The bonus is that convention is now free for anyone who would like to attend that convention. And it shows that the people who have attended that convention or want to attend that convention are willing to support it enough to have it there at least one more year. And I think that that is the biggest benefit of having a crowdfunding like that is to say, we really want to do this for you because we've done it the last seven years. However, our pockets are dry and we need your help. I know last year there was a point in time where they weren't sure if they were going to have all of the money that they needed up front for the convention. And then Derek... And Adam Gottfried and a couple other people put something together. Uh, it was a GoFundMe, I believe. Yeah. And it made up, it actually filled in that gap very well uh, for Some them. of that gap. Well. was still out of pocket. And that was the reason, that was one of the impetuses behind right. this. Right. And so, so then you have things like uh, the Worldwide Wing Night that they do on Thursday night. That's a stretch goal. Mm-hmm. They know, based on, and, and this is another thing that, that we haven't really looked into, They've run Fear the Con seven years in a row. You can usually find the percentage and statistic of the amount of people on average that you have every year and how much those people spend based on how much you're having to purchase during that weekend. So if so if you know that they're going to go through four kegs of beer on Friday and two kegs of beer on Saturday or whatever... You already have in mind, okay, this is the overall cost for us to run this two days. This is what it's cost us the last three years or four years or seven years for us to do this convention. So that's why we have a goal of $8,000 because if we hit $8,000, we know we can put on the convention that we want. And then if we want to add special things like a worldwide wing night, that's going to cost more. So that's a stretch goal. That's to say, if you really want, okay, we now we have the con. We really, you know, we really want to run this con. You really want us to run this con. That's awesome. If you really want bonus stuff, then you have to hit these goals. If you don't, no big deal. We're still doing the con, you know. And so I feel like what that gives is a security to know, sweet, the convention's going on, but now the stress of us having to do Worldwide Wing Night is not there because. We didn't hit that goal. Well, that's all right. That there's nothing that mm-hmm. says we can't all still get together on Thursday night and have dinner. That just means we're all ponying up and paying for our own dinner together versus yeah, somebody else taking the brunt of the cost. I think and from our perspective, when you have to travel all the way from Indianapolis to St. Louis, you're talking about spending hundreds of dollars on the trip, you know, for the weekend. So right. when you already have that guarantee that your admission is already gonna be free. That's one less expense that you have to try and, you know, take into consideration when right. it comes to traveling expenses. Go ahead, Derek. Um, actually, I don't remember what... Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's all your fault, Josh. Go ahead, Ragar. Well, Ragar I really Bear. think that this crowdfunding thing and the ticket, uh, you know, using them combination even, it's all bounded by how creative you are and how good are you at product planning. Yeah. 
Uh, for instance, with Gen Con, I think they're probably missing out on an opportunity here. I think they could have their own internally hosted crowdfunding service, mm-hmm. and then maybe set up a deal of various ticket agencies through uh, airlines, and say, "Hey, if you give us X amount, we'll guarantee you a seat on a domestic flight." That would yeah, be- or a hotel room. Well, I know <laughs> if if you guys remember when we talked to him uh, last year. No. No, what? I'm shaking my head because I I don't want to get put in a Gen Con queue to determine where I'm you know whether or not I'm be able to fly in Indianapolis. Well, you don't no, have no, no, to no. fly to Indianapolis. That would be part of the uh, at least Kickstarter. Not until, never mind. There would be a guaranteed number of. Um, you, you, that would be very difficult, just depending on where you are in the world or in the country. Even if you just did continental, I think that as well, far as you, their crowdfunding is concerned, they could do something like stretch goals versus the discount that you could get. The, uh, for a ticket, we could do we could door. do crowdfunding for Gen Con swag bags. If you guys remember when we did our uh, when we did our show with Tracy uh, last year on Wednesday night, um, uh, he talked about putting together uh, with a couple other people a database to be able to do that pre Gen yep. Con or pre Con crowdfunding. Like re- reservation, being able floor. to line up, right? Having having a virtual queue where you're not you're not worried about uh, your badge. You've already got your badge. You've already got your travel. You've already got your hotel room. You know you are Derek Newton and you are booked. Um, but then yep. you, hey, you are you are the best at getting everything done in like three hours. As far as like travel, stay, uh, you know your con badge and everything like that. A lot of practice. Oh, I know I've it does. Had a lot of practice. I know, I know, and, I, and I'm complimenting <laughs> for Disney. I'm complimenting That's you. I, yeah, I'm complimenting yeah. you both on that. You guys are great planners. I am a horrible planner. Um, which That's is why, why we say Don just which is why do this I, right and do that right it, which that. is why I take the direction of my friends when it comes to a lot of things and then you know when it comes to other things I'm just like ah screw it let's see what happens. Um, so which is you know in itself amusing. Um, but for example, uh, you know, oh lord. <laughs> I lost where I was going. I did. Shocker. I did. Did you see it? It just went right out my ear. Derek's yeah. fully planned and ready to go. He is fully planned and ready to go. I don't remember. That didn't help. No. <laughs> so for the uh, anyway. the established fact, the, yeah, <laughs> that we need to talk to Derek and uh, Deb for for yes. planning our Kickstarter. That's right. And then get That's right. together with Josh to ha- buy the tickets online so that there's not just this massive amount of people right. trying to do it. Oh, okay. So There we go. <laughs> <laughs> just see how that, it came back. It came back. It was just, just it was messing it before with it goes me. away again. That's right. So uh, I think it would be really cool to see a crowdfunding for, uh, I don't think it's necessary for a convention like Gen Con or like San Diego Comic Con or Wizard World Comic Con or any of these big con, you know, packs. Uh, you don't have to have a crowdfunding because people are already going to show up. They already have a budget from last year that they are planning on using for this year. Uh, that's how those work. You know, we made so mm-hmm. much money on this last year's con that we're going to be able to expand next year's con based on our profits. That's how a good business, a successful business, works. Is they take their they take their money and they already have in in the cost how much it's going to take to run that next con. However, for something like a virtual queue, I think that would be a really cool opportunity for us. To say, you know, hey, I really want to make sure that I get, you know, uh, Slugfest Games is only going to be releasing 200 copies of Red Dragon N5. Mm-hmm. I really want to make sure I get my copy of Red Dragon N5. And then plugging in your whatever it is uh, to to get that. You got uh, somebody showing up at your house there, Ragar? <laughs> It's the background noise. I, I keep yelling out the window, telling them to stop running the sirens, but they don't listen to them. Okay, well, you know. Oh, okay. Leave us alone! We're trying um, to do one a of those podcast. things, the, one of those areas that would be good to fund is, like, if you're exhibiting at a con. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, printing and um, producing physical uh, copies is very expensive. And so... Um, there is a lot. There are a lot of logistics that people just don't consider when you're exhibiting at conventions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for instance, uh, one of the surprises that I found last year when I, when I exhibited at um, uh, Gamer X was sales tax mm. and handling sales tax out of state. 
So you have to, as a business, um, register as a sales tax entity in the state that you are exhibiting at. Like California last year, um, Ohio this year for me when I'm going to Origins. Um, So... And you have to call the tax peop- uh, the tax department directly. You can't actually call the convention because they don't know. Wow. Which really yep. blew me away. Oh, yeah. Gosh. It- a, a lot of that, though, is really at the uh, the local state level or the uh, the federal level with how they manage all of that. Well, because then it's you get- not really necessarily their fault, but it is extra complexity that you have to add into the administrative. Well, you, you would imagine with however many years Origins has been. In, yeah. yeah, in business or Gen Con's been in business or any convention's been in business, and you'd think that they would be asked this before. Yeah. You think uh, that's a good point too? Put together an FAQ of best that's, practices. That's one of the things well, that we're going. I want to do is put together a, an exhibiting best pra- or FAQ because yeah, uh, for th- people who are new, they may not even think about. Well, yeah, I need a. Sales tax, or I need to collect sales tax right out of state, and um, I just know it because I I worked near the tax um, tax agency. So well, because then you have to. I mean, now this is kind of going on on a completely different side note, but you know, legally you would have to find out. Okay, well, I'm going to be paying income taxes in my city in my state. So do I need to then claim that? that was received as a resident of this county or like you know when you fill out your tax forms it says do you work in what county do you work in what county do you live in because there are different taxes that you have to a lot taxes that you have to a lot for uh based on based on those two factors Mm -hmm. and uh so then, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a California company or a Seattle company coming in for Gen Con, which is not uncommon, um, you know, or if you're an international company coming in from Gen Con, that's a whole nother ball of wax because then you have to pay taxes in the U.S. and possibly taxes export in your, import taxes. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a big deal. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely I I think that's definitely a concern for people who who are exhibiting or who are or putting on conventions and things mm-hmm. like that is. Uh, uh, you know, you, you also have to. I mean, when you were when you're thinking about publishing your work, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the printing companies are in China, so oh, wow. you have to worry about how long it takes to um, transport and right. then get it through customs. That's that was and a then, huge problem at Gen Con yeah. this year. And then if Always they if they tra- they're stuck in customs, yes. Yeah. And then if they you know while they're while they're transporting your board games and books from the ship to the dock they lose it and drop it into the ocean <laughs> that would be Falls horrible the between the ship and yeah, that's well. true. i do remember that happening though i don't remember when it was maybe like red hat games or something but i do remember that well a bunch uh, of ships were delayed w- yeah. um, dead of winter is a newer game that just recently came out and that's exactly what happened to them they lost a large portion of their uh initial run because when they were transporting it from the ship to the dock, they ended up losing it into oh. the water. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> which is why, horrible. which is why the game went for for those who were able to actually get a copy of it went on eBay from sixty five dollars, which is MSRP, to about I think I've seen it for ninety seven to one hundred and thirty dollars online because oh. that's the only way you can get it right now. Holy so, bleepy pants! Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That was for you, Josh. So you don't have to use a Mario. <laughs> so, um, but another thing, I mean, why don't we just go into this? Um, uh, so going into the exhibiting, um, one thing that Lance and I noticed at Gamer X was having two people at a table mm-hmm. is very useful. At least. Yes. Oh, yeah. At least. Well, that's something that we experienced at any PopCon last year. Was oh, yeah. ha- like yep. having three to four people at the table that we had, which ended up turning into tables that we had. Um, 
Right. Because I don't know what the rules are. I was there. I don't know what the rules are, but when the people who are sitting next to you on both sides decide to leave, I'm sorry, I'm going to abscond your tables. Absolutely. These are now my tables. Openly leave within the first, you know, day or two. Day or two. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, we had, at one time, we had four people, and it was really nice because... Two of the people could sit at a at the table and talk to people, and then we had the table that was adjacent to our primary table, where we could actually sit down with a couple other people and play games with people, or do oh, interviews, and do interviews, and and meet people, and do actual plays, and and uh, I think that honestly, and I know this is not necessarily that it's not necessarily the topic of of a conversation, but it's a part of the topic is making sure that you have the appropriate equipment whether that be employees or you know if you're selling something that's something else that you have to take into account like okay i'm crowdfunding this booth but i really want to give away swag how much is that swag going to cost me and do Mm -hmm. i do i add that into the cost or then do i just soak it out of pocket later on i mean that's something that you deal with every year when we do the fear the charity stuff is you put prize packs together for stuff well that money comes from somewhere Yes. And it's not anybody else's account except yours. So then, you know, you have to, okay, well, do I do I take this into consideration? Do I hold on to my receipts and use it as a charitable donation later on when I itemize my taxes? Do I just say, ah, screw it, it was, you know, $700 and it went to a good cause? I mean, it's, it's a balancing the, act. The dirty little secret of the charity is that um, because most of the donations come through me, mm-hmm. Um, I use that as a tax write-off. Yeah, well, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's legal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that's something else that that people have to take into consideration. Uh, Crit confirmed last year at Indie PopCon, they had huge booth, lots of really cool stuff going on, and they had, um, you know, they had swag that they were giving away and swag that they were selling, and and all of those things are factors that you have to take in when you're exhibiting. At a convention versus just running a convention. So, well, another, Lance, another lesson that we learned about it uh, when we were at GamerX was that the more you have, the more money you'll make into your booth. Right. Uh, yep. If you have a one-trick pony booth where this is all I have, you're going to make money off of that. But if you have, say, just some dice, people that may ne- may not necessarily want your game might just buy novelty dice. Yeah. That's so you're sure. going to make an extra dollar mm-hmm. or so. But that's what brings them into the booth. That's right. That was one of the lessons I learned from another exhibitor. There was, you need to have the diversity of products. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I think as a vendor, you're responsible for your setup and breakdown of your booth. It's almost a necessity to have at least one extra person there because if you have to, I don't know, take a bathroom break in the middle of the convention, yeah, then who's going to watch your table? Which is well advised for you to take a bathroom break. (laughs) And get food. Get food and actually use the restroom. But I think, like, that's almost a mandatory thing. Like, you almost need that extra help to go, all right, uh, sit here for about 10 minutes while I go to the restroom and I'll be right back. Or, you know, hang out for 30 minutes so that I can go get some food, you know? Um, But... Yeah. There is something important to that is to make sure that the person that you're leaving there is able to cover for you. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely uh, true. I've had a situation where I've sat down somewhere and it's like the guy who's there doesn't have any idea of what's going on. He's like, well, you know, stuff and things. I don't really know how this game works, but the, the person that was here will be back in another 10 minutes. Yeah, that's that's a that's fail. That's definitely like, annoying. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to wait for that. Right. Yeah. No one. No one at a convention is going to wait ten minutes for a vendor to come by. No. That you're not even sure. Because when be they come by your booth, <laughs> when they come by your booth, they're interested in you right then. Mm-hmm. And if you don't grab them right then, you've lost them. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, if you don't know how to handle even, a convention crowd, you're in trouble. Even if you're interested and you take their card and you're like, oh, "I'll be back," I've done this multiple times. Yeah, it's, it just doesn't. Happen. You never get back. No. You right. never get back. I've done that as a podcaster. When you're when you have that, you know. Hey, there's four people at my booth. I would really love to go and walk around the exhibit hall because mm-hmm. I have been in this booth for the last three days. You know what I mean? Like, I want an hour to just kind of cruise. You yep. you go by booths and you're like, wow, this is really cool stuff. I would love to you know talk to you guys about this product on our podcast. Or I'd love to be able to sit down and play this game with you guys and demo. I'll be back. And you never get back. And it's not that you don't want to get back there. Mm-hmm. It's just that 
you're you're in that I just want to cruise through the exhibit hall, see what's fun, and then I got to get back to my booth, you know. And or even time management. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or even I barely had enough time to get to the convention center before it right. closed, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Lance, go ahead, Lance. Oh, um, I oh. went to Comic-Con this year. Oh, you're good. And I was speaking with uh, one of the the artists. And he says that most of the conventions he goes to, you have between three and five seconds to get someone's mm-hmm. attention at your booth. Mm-hmm. And that's if they just walk by. Yeah. Now, if you have a nice big you know, background, maybe they'll look at you a little earlier. But you have between three and five seconds to get their attention and get them to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's without your product. That's mm-hmm. just grabbing their attention. Once you get their attention, then you have their attention for maybe 15 seconds. Yeah. That's the standard. If you're engaging enough, maybe they'll listen longer. But otherwise, they're looking forward to that next thing because they didn't come to look at your booth. They came to do something else. They're right. Just walking through an right. area looking for mm-hmm. something. So that three to five seconds is the most important. Then that 15-second elevator chat oh, yeah. is, is most important for the presenters. Well, and one thing as, um, as a salesperson that you learn very quickly that translates into exhibiting is not being afraid to put yourself out there even if you look ridiculous because one thing Mm -hmm. that i noticed not only running uh, a booth at a convention but also working in sales and retail and direct sales and retail not like oh this person called me for a product like i'm going out there and i'm talking to you about these products that you're looking at already um was you 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 have to establish even for just those five seconds you have to establish trust and a relationship with that person in five seconds maybe 10 if you're lucky uh and if they have children you've got to try twice as hard because they've got their eyes and their ears on something else everything else and so and so <laughs> if that put candy at your booth yeah absolutely 100 at, we did that we did that at any popcon and we didn't have i mean we had some games laid out for people to check out and play and and we were we were very vocal about like I was I was hollering at people on the other side of the aisle just to get you know just to get them to look our way because I knew as soon as they looked our way, boom we could just we could start selling ourselves to them. Do you want some candy? Right. Oh hey, there's I got candy. candy. You know, if they've got kids, that's even easier. Like hey, you yeah, guys want really some creepy. candy? Yeah, seriously. I mean, well, you know, like, unfortunately, hey, unfortunately, <laughs> that's what works. <laughs> And the great part about Welcome it is... Welcome to capitalism. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we have uh, candy. I've got free exactly. stuff. <laughs> Derek? Um, the, um, if you are an introvert like myself... Mm-hmm. This, or myself. This yeah. becomes... Painful. So much harder. Yeah. Painful. That's why you bring people like Lance or Caleb or another Don one of Mutter my... Or, or Don or another friend of mine. Uh, to work your booth because they will draw the people in yeah. and then if they need more um, detail yeah. about it, then Absolutely. they go, here's the creator and they'll go blah, 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 right. blah. And having those people there, like I'm bringing, I'm bringing myself and two other people to Origins. Having those people there allows me to leave the exhibit hall mm-hmm. periodically because right. otherwise I would crawl out of my skin. Right, Absolutely. Uh-huh. And and that's the advantage of having people that you can trust that have different gifts than you have, mm-hmm. uh, yep. and and that's definitely, um, you know, I know it's a little bit of a sidetrack again, but that's definitely something that, as an exhibitor, is important. Once you have once you have reached a point to be able to fund your booth, whether it be through ticketing or whether it be through crowdfunding or whether it be through some other source. Uh, having people that you can depend on to then continue that work once you're there. You need the evangel- yeah. uh, evangelicals. That's evangelical it. zealots. Zealots. Yeah. Yes, you need those people to well, to uh, ahead, push your product. And um, it's... You just needed motivated sellers. They don't have to be evan- evangelicals. <laughs> That's true, yeah. That's true. So... Uh, uh, again, to derail this a little bit, sure. essentially what you are is you're your your own CEO. Yeah, and, uh, it's a booth. I mean, it's not a large scale thing, and it's just for you know maybe a couple days. But you're the CEO, and hiring people to offset some of the skills where you or me uh, might be a little deficient, being introverted. You know, that's that's the benefit you get from this. It takes a very analytical it, perspective in order to accomplish that effectively. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. But the the first point there is to make sure that you identify it. Avital. Oh. For the, like drawing attention to the booths and like engaging people. I mean last year at Popcon I was I sort of like volunteered to be the like honorary quote unquote booth babe just because I like wearing costumes. Um and me, I'm like on the line in between introvert and extrovert. <laughs> I think wearing God the costumes actually helps me to be more extroverted just because people are like, oh, your costume is great. And I'm like, oh, hey, do you like playing games? And stuff like that. And I just, obviously I'm not, you know, I don't wear costumes that are like, you know. Revealing. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Or anything like that. Bathing suits. But yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, she wears family friendly costumes. Right. <laughs> we do like that for Don but the adva- I mean, the advantage but, is yeah. you're wearing a costume that someone is interested in right. and recognizes. Mm-hmm. So whether it is like... That's that instant trust you're talking about. Right. Whether yeah. it's risque yeah. or whether it's just fan favorite, yeah. you know, you could wear your TARDIS costume and people are going to be like, oh my gosh, it's a TARDIS. Let me take a picture. And while they're taking a picture, you're handing them a business card and you're talking to them about the uh-huh. people that, you know. But the, that's, that's a key for introverts is that they are making the initial drive to right. you absolutely yeah. absolutely the costume is a draw because like i said i'm on the line in between introverted and extroverted it's it's a little mm-hmm. mm. absolutely so i can get into the ext- extroverted part of it i can be like hey you know come especially if i'm not like trying to talk to somebody for me like if i'm talking about some somebody else like i, I can talk somebody else up way more like if i was trying to talk if i actually had finished a book and published it and was trying to sell it it would be so much harder to like hey read my book it's great that's why you hire a publicist that's why yeah or you you just have a good yeah you have a good pr person you have a good marketing person you have somebody there who knows enough they don't have to know everything right Uh, let me just tell you (laughs) for anyone who ever worked in retail and was good at it when i worked uh when i worked um at best buy I didn't know everything about every electronic, but I knew how to talk to people. And if you know how to talk to people, you can fake it until you make it. Mm-hmm. And that's what works. If you if you have the knowledge, if you have enough knowledge, if I knew at least, you know, a good rough outline of what your book is about, I can sell it to anybody. We call that Olivia Money. That's right. Oh. That's also, right. Josh. Huh. Um if I would like to put up, make some kind of poll that we can post on the Savage Facts Facebook page. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> and list all my I, I really like this oh, idea. And like, have people like, vote on which costume they would like to see. Oh, that could at be fun. Con, like on each three days. Okay. All right. Let's get some well, there outside. You go. There we go. Is there a write-in category? No. A write-in? <laughs> not for Lance. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, do, do not allow write-ins. No, I won't. Wicket the Ewok, please. <laughs> That'd be interesting. You know. You know. Check. Go ahead, Derek. Um, so uh, I've been trying to think about other things that if you're like a new exhibitor, uh, things that would be useful. Um, I know that shipping was an interesting feet yeah. of uh, logistics going to California. You're welcome for that again. <laughs> yeah. Um, be aware that things are heavy, especially books. Oh, and yeah. that means that uh, yeah. there is um, there's it, a lot of cost involved with that. It, it wasn't so much the shipping out to California. It was, it was the shipping back to Indianapolis. Yeah. <laughs> but that, as a buyer can be to your benefit yeah because at the end of the convention oh if they yeah have 500 600 copies of something that's yeah. 20 pounds each <laughs> they're gonna like i don't have enough to pay for this whole thing but i right. have one you know i have two-thirds of that will right. you take it cash yeah, yeah. And they're like yes just take it and go yeah, so yeah. one less thing they have to ship back. well and 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 i don't know if this is necessarily true for uh um your game, uh, your game system books and stuff like that, Derek. But from uh, my experience with uh, a couple other friends of mine who have published books, you can buy them. Usually, you can buy them cheaper than what you're selling them because obviously you want to make a profit because you still have to pay for the book that you bought. Right. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, like like that same situation there, Lance. You you really just want to sell it at cost to not have to ship it back. That's true. Um, so. 
and again, printing is is one of the are one of those really weird expenses because if you increase the number of copies that you're printing, the cost per book goes down, but the overall cost goes up. Goes so, up. well, and, mm-hmm. and and one thing that uh, now this may not necessarily work in the case of writing a novel or something like that. But in your case, if you were to do print on demand, that could work. That would that may be different. I mean, obviously it would be different you, you in really cost, but then you can't do that at a convention because if they walk away from the table without your product, they're going to forget your product. Yes. But on a on a retail side, on a retail side, if you use a square and you email them a download code immediately. Mm. No, I would hand them a card that has a copy of the book. Well, that works. I'm just saying, like, if you you are giving them something for their money, and I'm not saying that you should practice dishonest retail, but if you handed them a card, mm-hmm. they spent three, five, seven dollars on the download, mm-hmm. and then they lose that card, and then they have to turn around and buy another card. <laughs> That's just benefiting the marketplace. No, I, I think huh? that's just Don't look at me like that, bear. Cheating and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm with the bear on this one. I think that's being a little Well, in all honesty, shady. in all honesty, it feels like it's cheating, but I'm just letting you know that every successful business does exactly that. So, rip off their customers. No, it's not. Exactly. It's, you're not. Rip, you're handing them the product that they paid for, but you're counting on them losing it, or it's going to because they're going to come weeks. back and buy another one. It's yeah. just like GameStop. GameStop has the GoPro or whatever it is the uh, Card, membership, yeah. the the Pro membership uh-huh. that you can purchase. Gives you a subscription to their Game Informer magazine. Gives you discounts and things like that. They are counting on you, forgetting that you have it because obviously you are, you know, gaining a benefit from having it. However. They will encourage you to use it because when you use it, they get market benefits. Mm. They get discounts on purchasing products. And they can then tra- charge you again right before it you know, goes out of uh, whatever, it expires, right before your membership expires a year later. They can charge you whatever it costs to renew that membership. They have literally not given you anything more than just added access for another year. But what they're doing is they're they're leaning on the fact that you may or may not use it, but they're getting their money up front, and that is and that is a marketing strategy. I'm not saying it's the cleanest marketing strategy, and that there's not risks. Uh, and I'm not even encourage I'm not encouraging you to do that. I'm just saying it's something to think about. I'm an honest businessman. Okay, that's fine. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a not a don. I'm. Hey, I'm not an honest <laughs> businessman. I, I am not a commission employee of this podcast. However, if you would like to, pr- I mean, uh, <laughs> Don's got a Kickstarter. That's right. I've got a Kickstarter for. The- uh, well, actually, I do have an Indiegogo campaign. You do. Actually, yes, you do. Yay! Um, Yay! Yes, I do. Um, it is for Look at the bottom of your radio for the web address. Absolutely, it's uh, to. <laughs> Do a um, revision for Universal Storytelling System. Sweet. Um, it's also going back to the I need more product stuff things mm-hmm. at the booth. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, am also publishing uh, like a playmat. So it's like oh. a giant mouse pad for those that don't know what right. playmats are. Right. Um, to give some reminder text and that sort of thing for the game system. Also custom cards. As well as um, uh, skill sheets, like example skill sheets for like a uh, sheriff in a oh cool western like kind or, of pre-made yes. characters. But well, not not, but not the not, characters, but right, but right, right. The skill sets because it's very open skill set, and I've heard multiple people saying, you "Well, write, you need to write skill yeah. sets for these people because I don't know how to do that." So I was like, "Oh, fine." If you need help, yeah, I'm definitely down for that. That's fun. <laughs> so, that, that was probably I, one of the I, most. I, Go ahead, Dragar. <laughs> I'm glad, Derek, that you mentioned that game pads are essentially giant mouse pads because that's exactly what I use them for now. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not shocked? Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it drapes it drapes over a little bit over the uh, edge of the table. Or what you're on, what you're typing on, or whatever, it's comfortable. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Guaranteed. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bonus. So, episode ninety three. 
Did you have something else? Dave? I have had. I have like a couple more things. Oh, go for it. Well, by all means, keep plugging. <laughs> yes, oh, and then we have. We haven't uh, had nearly as many plugs in this episode as we. No, that's need. true. Uh, fear the charity. Keith. Fear the charity. Fear the charity. <clears throat> yes, fear the charity. Since fear the con is on, uh, fear the charity is on. That's right. Yeah. That means that two. That means three of the people that are at this table need to start selling themselves. That's right. All right, uh, we'll get on Washington. Hmm? Say what? <laughs> For sponsorships. Uh, oh, that oh. kind of selling myself. Oh, Got sorry. It. Yeah. My mistake. <laughs> um, so Josh, do you have your charity yet? Like confirmed? Not confirmed. Okay, I've I've still got a... I have a charity in mind, and I need to contact them and talk to them and make sure that they're okay with me selling myself for them. <laughs> well, no, it's you're not selling it for a charity. You're asking people to donate to you right, right, right. or buying stuff. And well, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, I need to make sure that because games. I'm because it's Hunger Games because because what we're doing differently than what we've done in the past. You I'm have pregnant. a central charity, but then we also have the option to choose a charity that we're raising money for. As, Does that no? change? Oh, no, that wasn't it, ever the case. That was the original. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, please inform the three players that are at your table what we're doing. Because this makes a big difference. Yes, it does. Um, so I have two charities. One is Little Red Door. Uh-huh. Um, it's a, a cancer charity. They help um, people uh, with all the numerous expenses involved right. with, with cancer. Also, um, the Ferguson Public Library. Okay. Um, one of the booters there. Uh, is a librarian there, and uh, they opened their doors during the riots to have a safe place for people to hang out and not get shot, shot. beaten, or otherwise gassed, stabbed, or whatever. Um, so those are the two charities. Um, and people this year, instead of just me dividing it easy, uh, evenly between the two, they can choose, okay, I want all my money to go to Little Red Door. I want all my money okay. to go to Ferguson okay. Public Library. Or, or they can split it evenly if they choose. If they want to, yes. Um, so there are multiple things that are going to be happening. Um, uh, also listen to Save the Game podcast because I'm going to be uh, interviewed on that for Fear of the Charity. Uh, this week. We're recording this week. Um, but uh, one of the things that we're going to do is collect um, uh, canned food. And supplies. And I'm going okay. to donate those to a local Missouri um, like charity food shelter. Awesome. Yeah, food pantry. Me. And um, there's also going to be an alternate reality game that I'm, I've got conceptually in mind for this thing. So uh, there's going to be additional things that people can do. Oh my gosh! Um, as well as uh, if people have listened to Fear the Boot, they know that there are, is, are several major bad guys there. One of them is Baron Von Badass. Oh, sweet. So people are going to be able to, yeah. for like $5 a shot, take a round at uh, Baron Von Badass. I think we as, as a reminder to our audience, that is not a cuss word if you're referring to a donkey. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have- I have one more thing. Go. Go. Um, and then I, I don't know why you wait. I don't know why either. You um, want to build anticipation. I knew, no? Okay. Dramatic pause. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I wanted to say is a little bit more serious, a little bit more. Um, are, you for, le- are you leaving us? Yes, I am. Um, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> for a minute, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like sure taking off a band aid. Quick and painful. Uh, I'm yeah, trying right. to build the suspense. I'm um, leaving. I'm leaving. No. Um, Never to return. Trauma. I've been. Uh, Number, uh, I should say, a, a couple of people have, have talked to me about the whole um, RIFRA thing. And so I just wanted, oh, okay. because of Gen Con's involvement. RIFRA? Rif, uh, respect for. for ah, the Religious it. Freedom Restoration Act. Thank you. Uh, I failed. Um, but, yeah, respect uh, is not even in that. No. Basically, because of who I am and my involvement in the gaming and so forth um uh my take on this has been a lot more measured than many people um (laughs) and so i have always supported people's right to be do what they think is best for themselves um 
and uh, I respect people that that believe that they've their religion um, precludes them from doing certain things. Um, but I also reserve the right to not patronize those businesses um, because they don't they would not respect me as a person. So um, my take has been I'm glad that Gen Con put out their message. I think that everybody I'm, or I should say most people on both sides just fouled up royally. Um, yeah. Including our governor who can, who needs a new PR guy. He needs to take his current PR guy, his current warm up guy and just Fire. take him out into the street and shoot him because he failed so dramatically. Um, but um, I do, I, I did call Gen Con and said thank you, thank them for the letter that they sent out to everybody. Um, I hope that Gen Con stays here because I moved here specifically because of Gen Con and my friends here. Um, and um, wow, wow, I didn't even know it just happened there. This turned into Rhaegar turned into an alien, yeah, yeah. Voltron right. or something. It did. The bear is taking <laughs> over. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's the Transformers All Spark right now. Yep, he okay. is. We're the game world. Wow, <laughs> that's sticking. Is this still robot? Oh yeah. oh, oh yeah. You're robotic. You're definitely doing the Doma robot. Doma Origato. Yes, Mr. Robotic Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and the bear is throwing a hissy fit. Um, He's got a tear. It oh, does. Aw. But anyways, that's all I wanted to say, and now you can close out the show. Okay, cool. Well, I do appreciate that, Derek. Thank you. Uh, all right, on our last show, we established that like an awesome mythic character, real friendships start with a strong backstory. And on episode 93 of The Established Facts, our new fact is, so I totally think crowdfunding and ticket sales are... Oh, I lost it. Uh, so, uh, this is why we write things <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's totally okay, so appropriate. That's the, fact. that's the fact. Ticket sales and crowdfunding are... That's it. That's, oh, it. I lost That's the whole fact. That's no. right. I literally purposely oh, put, I lost all the music. I did. I totally it's on the paper. That's it's on the paper. All right. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to episode 93 of The Established Facts. We will check you next time. Bye. See ya. Bye. 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 Please visit us at www.theestablishedfacts.com and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theestablishedfacts. If you'd like to support us by buying some merchandise, visit cafepress.com slash castingrobot. Bonus.